my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of HR Sound Off. I am so excited to introduce this new series, which we're talking about people first and why creating people first cultures matters. I'll tell you why this came up for me, because I believe in creating people first cultures. It's part of my DNA as an HR professional. It's part of my values. I don't work for companies that are not people focused, and that's just me. But I also know that a lot of my HR colleagues feel the same way. And my guest today absolutely feels that way. So I was reading a recent Gallup survey. You know how it is with me and data and stats. And I came across this survey on these companies who are people-focused and listed as the top people-focused companies. And in comes my guest for today, Shannon Brody, because the company that she works for was listed on that survey. And so we are going to have a conversation about why people first cultures matter and why it matters in particularly to Shannon. So Shannon, welcome to the show. How are you today? Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. I'm very excited to join you and to talk about this. It's like, these are the things that I could talk about all day. So I'm mm-hmm. glad to be here and you just tell me when to. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I am so happy to have you here today. So let's get started. Tell the audience, who is Shannon Brody and what was your, what is your HR origin story? Let's start that way. Okay. So I think similar to many others, um, at least plenty of HR people that I know, I kind of landed there by accident. It was not part of my plan. Okay. Um, so I honestly was going to college and undergrad to become a high school teacher. Um, so I had worked since, you know, the age of 14 in different jobs, just learning the value of a dollar. Um, but one of my, what I consider my, my first real job in high school was I worked at the doctor's office that I actually went to. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to college, uh, got a position at the college's admissions office of the medical school and was still going there, you know, going to school and eventually was still going to school thinking I was going to become a teacher Mm -hmm. and landed at a medical supply company. So kind of from high school time, I found it very easy just to kind of stay in that medical realm because you would network or you would find other companies that do similar things. Um, I'm a very like get to know and relationship kind of person. So um, that transition, I ended up being in the medical field in total for about 13 years. Okay. Um, And like I said, but I was still going to school and thinking Mm -hmm. in my head that I was going to be a high school teacher and a coach. And um, but then I hit this point where I was doing my student teaching basically okay, and was trying to time out, you know, graduation timing and when I was going to do my full student teaching where I had to take time off Mm -hmm. and not have a job, right? Because this whole time I was in undergrad and I was going to school and having a job. Ah. And I think that really piqued my brain to say, this is really kind of the big commitment here, Shannon. You know, this Mm -hmm. is the point where you can't still go to work Mm -hmm. because you have to commit to this student teaching and being a teacher. Mm -hmm. And what really I think was in the back of my brain was at that point, I had been at this medical company for a few years and I'd started out as customer service representative, just, you know, entering the entry level. Right. Um, Within a year, got a team leader role within three years was uh, like office management and then was recruited by the, was recruited by the corporate office, Mm -hmm. um, to do like continuous improvement 
and organizational development items because um, I was told they liked, even though I didn't have the background in it yet, Mm -hmm. they were a smaller company and they liked that I was great at building relationships, but I was also very focused on helping people be more efficient in their work and also doing it where they didn't hate the fact that it was, I didn't come in trying to say, you're not meeting your targets. This is a compliance thing. I would ask them, what are the things that you don't like about your job? Or Mm -hmm. what are the things that you're, that stress you out? Mm -hmm. And then that's how I would approach trying to help them. So I think that was really in in the medical supply company where I found my real passion and Mm -hmm. my real, like, I love going to work and doing this. And Mm -hmm. so as, as I said, I kind of fell into that still thinking like, I'm just going to be a teacher. And so I think because of that, and I had been at the company at that time for almost seven years, I was like, this is what I need to do. And Mm -hmm. I kind of realized that all this work that I was doing after looking things up and talking to people, it wasn't in the education realm anymore, obviously. It wasn't in HR. So, I mean, call me Julia Roberts. I pulled the Eat, Pray, Love. Ah, ah, (laughs) If you've seen the the movie and there's a book. Mm -hmm. Um, But I literally just decided, you know, at that time, personally, I became a mom for the first time as well. So I think I had all these things in my head of going, you don't have the passion that I want to have in my career. You know, you need different elements Mm -hmm. in your life Mm -hmm. to be able to do a work-life integration. I say integration, not balance, because the balance does not exist. No. Um, And so honestly, I started looking, I started job hunting while I was at my at the current company okay. focused on companies that were known for having good cultures, mm-hmm. positive cultures. Right. Um, and honestly, that's how I landed at the company I'm at because they were winning Gallup awards and they mm-hmm. were in the local newspapers for doing great things in our communities. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's a company that I would be willing to work for and right. I'll find a way to get in there. And mm-hmm. here I am. <laughs> uh... That is such an amazing story and a very, very encouraging journey as well. So people first almost is pretty much a part of your DNA um, as you developed and grew in your your career. Mm -hmm. When did you first hit that um, position in HR that you said, yes, this is this is definitely where I need to be? even, I would say I even had that moment, um, you know, with my company now before I was in HR, because Mm -hmm. I honestly, um, since I didn't have that HR background, I didn't, my degree was not in that, in those fields. Right. But I knew that the work that I loved was in those realms. Right. Mm -hmm, So I actually mm -hmm. joined the company, um, in our finance kind of realm. Really? And so I was using other skills, doing continuous improvement, um, somewhat like events plan. It was a mix of everything. I feel like it was was the best way for me, I think, uh, to learn the company as well. The department Mm -hmm. I was in dealt Mm with um, investors. And so I, I had to learn what are the messages that we as a company Mm -hmm. are communicating to our investors Mm -hmm. And then how are we also communicating to our leaders? What are the messages we're saying? Right. So for me, I knew it wasn't something that I wanted to do forever, but it was also kind of the best thing for me knowing Mm -hmm. that I joined DTE wanting to go into HR, but I got into this group where I got to learn the company so quickly. Yes. Um, So that was really, really meaningful. Mm-hmm. And I think what helped as well is right from the get-go, I was honest with my my leadership, so my manager and my director mm-hmm. at the time. You know, you have one-on-one discussions, and I feel like that's something that some employees don't often take advantage of. Yeah, they were so right. Mm-hmm. You know, they take mm-hmm. it as just a my manager wants to meet with me, so I'm just going to tell them what 
items I have done this week and mm-hmm. leave it there. Yeah. Um, so for me, I've never been that kind of person. I feel like I always, uh, one of my top five strengths is achiever. I often joke that uh, I probably am an overachiever sometimes. Mm, <laughs> so okay. when I have a weekly check-in with my manager, I'm not just telling you what I did project-wise. I'm like, and uh, I'm interested in these other things. Right. Or I see these things going on in the team. Uh, can I help this person with this? Because mm-hmm. I know she's struggling. Or I want to learn more about this. So I think yes. that helped me even when I wasn't in HR yet, mm-hmm. I was having those discussions. And even if there wasn't something that they could implement for me right away, they knew that intention behind it. And they knew, yeah. okay, Shannon's looking to learn more. Shannon wants to go and move elsewhere. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, she's committed to doing great work. So I think that is what helped me be able to create my path yes. because I was able to create a stronger network of people who mm-hmm. also knew my intentions mm-hmm. and I could tell my story to, and then they could talk to others about, okay, well, yeah, maybe she doesn't have the experience in X, Y, Z, right. but what does she need to do? What can she do? So mm-hmm. even I took some, some trainings, you know, or I did some other, uh, like knowledge transfer shadowing of people. Right. Those things wouldn't have happened if I hadn't asked what I need to do. So I think just being honest Mm -hmm. was really helpful for me and not everyone is always, you know, going to be as positive to hear you say, I don't want to be here forever. Can you help me get over here and do something else? Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I was very lucky in the people that I have. And I think that's something that speaks across DTE as well. Right. Is I'm sure if you asked other people the same question at DTE, many of the leaders do the same thing. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't just in finance that they were like, okay, we're open to that, Shannon. Yeah. There kind of is this like pattern, I guess you would say that, Mm -hmm. you know, the leaders want you to learn and to grow. We say that a lot. Are you learning? Are you growing? Mm-hmm. So we're not saying, are you learning and growing in the department that you're in? Right. We expect you to stay there for 30 years. Yeah. I think we've kind of learned through a lot of, uh, you know, benchmarking and just mm-hmm. looking around the world today that a lot of times people don't stay in the roles for 30 years like they no. used to. No, no. So we have to just accept that as reality. (laughs) Yes, and just help people. I think um, Deloitte in their 2021 People Trans Report, and I mean in People Trans Report prior, have always advocated for upskilling and reskilling the people in your organization. And I think that that's something that's really important. But you said a couple of things that I I think are super powerful um, that I think a lot of us, especially as HR professionals, do not do which is to you you know we feel powerless a lot of times like um, we cannot take control of our careers Um, and I always encourage especially my clients to you know put yourself empower yourself and I love how you did that in terms of saying you know this is what I've done but this is what I would like to do or this is where I see myself and do you see this being possible and asking that of your organization but laying your cards on the table yes there could be some risk to that in terms of then your organization thinking okay well if I don't give her that she's gonna go somewhere else or he's gonna go somewhere else but at the same time you're giving your organization an opportunity to opportunity to to assist you right in moving forward and that's where you gain your power Um, And I I truly believe that that is important. So thank you so much for sharing that. Now tell us, so what is your current position today at DTE? Yeah, so currently I am, um, if I had to, you know, simplify it because it could get pretty long. I'm Mm -hmm. a human resources strategist, Mm -hmm. but really that doesn't tell you much, right? So so break it down for us, Shannon. I will break. (laughs) down okay (laughs) so one of the 
one of the things I smile when I say it because our team is so amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team I'm on right now, we, we're all about acronyms, which I'm sure a lot of industries are, right? Yes. We all have our little acronyms oh, and if yeah. you talk to someone else, they're like, what the heck does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so we like to joke that our, the team that I'm on is, is the cold team. Now, I wonder, you probably couldn't even guess what cold stands for, right? Cold is mm-hmm. our culture, organizational learning, and development team. Oh, nice. So we have several teams within that. Not cold at all. And yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the fun part of it. Is yeah. We we're the cold team, but we're the ones who bring the warmth and the heat mm-hmm. and make, make it happen. Yes, you know? I love it. <laughs> I love that. So I'm on the uh, culture side, but also the organizational development side now, mm-hmm. uh, which is amazing. And I love nice. being, you know, technically my goals that are in my goal plan all roll up to this culture element that mm-hmm. our HR team owns, right? However, I know I'm not the owner of that, or even my VP is not the owner of that. Everyone at our company owns that. I just get to be the lucky one who brings forth the opportunities to people. Mm -hmm. And I like to say that my favorite part of my job is being an HR influencer and a disruptor because that's the most fun (laughs) yes oh you are speaking my language in so many ways and I love that Shannon that must be so much fun it's awesome every day is a new adventure and that's how I like it (laughs) wonderful so like I said our conversation is about creating people first cultures and why that matters you're sitting in the one of the best places that you could possibly be sitting to talk about this particular topic now was DTE always people first driven now this is I love this question can I just say um Mm -hmm. I mean I've been at DTE I'll be getting seven years Uh in a couple months here so Mm -hmm. Uh, still considered somewhat of a newbie around the company. We have mm-hmm. a lot of people who have been here for 40 years. Lifers. Or, uh, DT lifers. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people joke when they say how long they've been there. They're like, I was hired when I was three, you know, because they still look so young. Or, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> we have a lot of great people. I think why I bring that up is I think it speaks to, even though I haven't been around that long, mm-hmm. I don't think we would have as many lifers Yeah. If DT wasn't doing something, something right, right for years and years. Mm-hmm. What I can speak to is, like I said, I'll be getting my seven years soon. It's my anniversary. Um, but what one of the stories that I heard as I joined the company was mm-hmm. about our culture story, let's say morphing mm-hmm. um, back in 2008. So I wasn't with the company yet, but at that time uh, was the recession right? Mm-hmm. And our previous CEO, he's no longer our CEO right now, but um, he would speak so eloquently. And I remember going to these, uh, you know, these events where he would be telling his story and telling his leadership journey. Mm-hmm. And why I love bringing it up when you ask this question about our culture is I feel like his story during the recession really in my eyes is a thing that recently changed DTE's culture and people first trajectory. Right. Okay. So uh, our previous CEO, Jerry Anderson just would describe himself as, you know, he's an engineer, he's a strategic thinker by Mm -hmm. trade, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So as he, you know, came through the ranks and became CEO there were just certain ways a person with that kind of brain approaches things. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so he was like, you know, I never had to think really about the culture piece or ask those deep questions. Even if I did, I knew I could count on our HR people and, you know, we were, we were hitting targets. We were knocking it out. We we're, mm-hmm. we're good. Even if we had, if we had speed bumps, we got through it. Mm-hmm. it. It wasn't something that had to come to his attention that greatly, right? Right. Until the recession hit. 
Mm. So every company obviously had to decide how are we going to take this on, you know? And I think the really poignant piece is uh, Jerry Anderson committed at that time to all of our employees that there would be no layoffs. Wow. So I think that was very, I wasn't even with the company and yeah. hearing, hearing that commitment, that, that was actually one thing when I was job hunting that I heard about and mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's kind of a bold move. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think that was the first step in his people first approach and right. saying he wasn't necessarily doing it because he had this HR background saying, right. if I do this, it's me showing my commitment to da, 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 mm-hmm. HR issues. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, why bring that up? He made that commitment, you know, during the recession period. Right. And basically challenged all the employees. He said, I'm making this commitment to you. We know that we're going to have some really rough periods. Look, you know, probably your spouses, your neighbors, you know, people who are getting laid off right now. I'm making this commitment to you. But what I need from you is all of your, the best of you, you know, Mm -hmm. do, do whatever you can. Mm -hmm. I need you to you know, ask the questions, challenge the, if something's not working for the first time, we need to try new things. We need to do it differently. You know, Mm -hmm. this is our chance to like make a difference and Mm -hmm. figure it out. So he put that challenge out there and then it came, you know, a quarter later, two quarters later, where he would be asking our CFO for how are we doing financially? And he was expecting bad things, right? Mm -hmm. And our CFO would tell him, no, actually, we're, we're doing good. Next quarter, ask him the same question. Yeah, we're, we're doing good. Here's the numbers. And I think Jerry said, you know, after two or three quarters, I was just like, you can't be right. There is no, we are up against such stiff competition odds mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our, our load isn't the same and people, what are you talking about? Like he literally admits that he challenged our CFO uh-huh. saying you have to be wrong. And our <laughs> CFO told him, actually, I'm not, I know I'm not wrong. This is kind of the, you know, and he said that was his aha moment of, mm. I had not given our people the credit. They deserve of what they could do mm-hmm. if, and basically he knows it was from him making that commitment and them feeling like I work for a company that cares about me. Yeah. I work for a company that now wants me to speak up and be part of the solution together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so honestly, Let me do like my I said, part. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't even with the company at that time, but coming into the company and hearing about that just happening several years before, I was like, well, no wonder everybody wants to work here. Yes, <laughs> so, that's mind blowing. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And since then, I feel like, I mean, he admits he totally now he's a, you know, he says, you know, he's really into reading about brain science now and, mm. neuro, you know, neuroscience. <laughs> had speakers come into our leader meetings on uh, thriving culture and growth mindset and all these really cool topics that Mm -hmm. HR nerds like us really like love. love. Um, But if you would have asked him 10 years ago, if that would have been the guest speakers, he would approve that we recommend to him. He probably would have been like, what are you talking about? No, we need to to talk about hitting our numbers. We need Mm -hmm. to talk about our growth and Mm -hmm. I do want to point out, though, we do still talk about those things. Yes, However, yes. we find a way now to make sure that we're embedding these cultural elements. Mm-hmm. And then we're training our leaders. We're training our mid-level people. We're mm-hmm. letting it trickle down. Um, we even now are training our individual contributors on a newer thing that we just did last year. Um, we call them our service keys and behaviors. Mm-hmm. So that's our way of empowering any employee. We have four different service keys. They are being safe, being caring, dependable, 
and efficient. Mm-hmm. And they're in that order. Mm. So we worked with the Disney Institute actually to create oh, these. Nice. Mm-hmm. And lots of work that went into that. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. But the way that it, that works and how I feel like it's embedded into our culture now is any decision that you have to make as an employee, turn to the service keys. Mm-hmm. If you're questioning what you, you know, mm-hmm. so you can, you're empowered to make a decision. Of course, you can still go to a leader if it requires escalation. But if it's something that you can make the decision on your own, mm-hmm. those are kind of the guideposts, right? Yeah. And then what we also did when, after we implemented this new kind of way of thinking mm-hmm. is we revamped our recognition program to align with those four things. So mm-hmm. now if Julie, you're a DT employee and you do something great for a customer or a fellow employee, I can go into our app, send you a recognition, tell you why, which service key you were good about. That goes to you and your leader. Wow. Talk about feeling, filling somebody's cup, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. That is definitely people focused behavior. Yes. Definitely. So all of these things that you are doing right now, and I know that there are other companies um, trying their best to become, or that are people-focused, people-centric, but there are companies out there that are still struggling with this. What would be your advice to HR professionals who are working at organizations where they're striving to help create that people-first culture, but they're buying walls? Um, And I ask this because um, recently I have been having some conversations with friends, colleagues, clients who are working in organizations where their leadership is just a certain way. No no wiggle room, no left or right, nothing. Um, And they're trying to help their leadership understand the importance of being people first over paper first. Right. What advice do you have for my, for our audience, for our colleagues, our HR community, um, when it comes to that wall that you keep budding, how do you create a people first culture amidst that happening at the leadership level? Yes. So that is the, you know, I wish I had the, uh, the magic in a bottle answer to that. And then mm-hmm. just everyone could implement it. Yeah. Like it, it is one of those things where there are so many nuances depending on the company you're at or mm-hmm. your leadership team or, you know, how, how the pitch is even, you know, some of those things play such yes. a large role They do. in the, you know, how the approach gets taken, what results you get, what feedback there is. Um, first of all, can I just say, keep fighting the good fight. (laughs) if If you know that there is something in your company and the culture that just is not right and you keep hitting a wall, don't give up, please don't give up. I mean, that's one of the things that I, even though DT is known for being great, that doesn't mean that everything always goes our way, you know, from an HR perspective, Mm-hmm. There are some things that we propose and there are just reasons why, well, it can't happen right now, or we actually already have this other idea. So mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that everything that I put out there or my team puts out there is like, yes, we're doing that because we just love everything you do and everything mm-hmm. we're going to listen to. We're not in no. utopia, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It's true. So I'll just say first keep fighting the good fight as an HR professional. If you, if you have that gut feeling or you have the data or the number, whatever you have, right. Just first of all, continue fighting. Number two, I would say sometimes it does take, I think a step, take a step back Mm -hmm. and maybe talk to others that aren't as embedded into the process. Mm -hmm. And talk to them as if you were pitching it to them. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And honestly, I think we could do this with 
people at our same level at people, you know, at different levels within the company. Yeah. And honestly, um, I mean, a lot of companies now, I feel like focus groups are, they used to be such like a, I don't know if it's just a regional thing, but I would hear so many HR professionals around here saying like, yeah, focus groups are great, but they're a time suck. And what do we really get from them? And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we get a couple of good verbatims, but is that enough mm-hmm. to make a change? Um, when it comes to this kind of thing, obviously you want to get as much data as you can to yes. back up your story, your, you know, mm-hmm. but things like focus groups or interviews, I feel like it's so powerful, right? Because yeah. I feel like that's one other passion of mine is mm-hmm. storytelling, mm-hmm. right? And so, I mean, science shows that people are much more likely to remember something when it's told in the form of a story rather, yes. than, rather than a fact or a figure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when it comes to trying to change a culture, if you come to it from that approach, maybe your PowerPoint deck looks a whole lot different than it did before. Yes. You know, so I'm, I'm just saying some things like that, where you think it's not going to make that big of a difference, it put it potentially really could. So I would say be open to those type of items. And I know Mm -hmm. even within our local uh, association for talent development, we have uh, a, a woman here who does monthly storytelling, like, sessions mm-hmm. right and so she does how do you embed storytelling within your organization mm-hmm. and I've recommended multiple of my colleagues to go to that mm-hmm. because I'm like even if you aren't the kind of person who wants to get up on stage like me mm-hmm. who, one day <laughs> wants, who one day wants to do a TED talk yes um even if you're not that person the way that you can influence the conversation by learning the skill of storytelling, mm-hmm. because it really is, I mean, it'll greatly impact your realm of influence or how you approach conversations in the workplace. So I would say that's another great asset that people can build and mm-hmm. then tap into. Definitely. Thank you so much for sharing that. And again, yeah. so many gems. I think as you said, rightly, it's very important that you kind of take a step back, but also not to give up. In taking that step back, you can see whether or not you really are approaching things in a way that it will engage your audience. And the importance of storytelling, I think that that's, um, that's key. Um, being able to tell a story as you navigate the experience and you're creating that experience for your leadership um, so that they can see why they should be invested in it is is truly important. So thank you for sharing that. And also the resource for ATD. I'm definitely going to go look for that. And I will share that with our audience in the link. Yes. So thank you so much for definitely. that. So your top three, what are your top three go-tos um, as you work across your organization in terms of building culture? What are the top three things that you go to in order to do that? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I feel like, um, I mean, there's so many, right? It's mm-hmm. just, hmm. <laughs> wasn't wasn't meant to stump you, but I know that <laughs> I know there are so many. But I, what are your top three? Let's send let's send our people down your favorite rabbit holes. <laughs> yes, so many good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think. It goes without saying communication yes. is key in mm-hmm. anything that you do yes. for any department, not just HR. However, I feel like uh, I know I'm not alone in this, mm-hmm. that others have experienced times where HR did not do such a good job at communicating something. Yeah. And I feel like that plays into some of the bad stereotypes or, yes. you know, that sometimes often HR gets mm. slung mud at, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so for me personally, I feel like communications should always be embedded into any HR strategy you're working to implement. 
Yes. Because getting a strategy out there and implementing it, getting the approval to implement it, let's say from leadership. Yes. That's one part. Mm-hmm. If you don't communicate that right, it's not it's going anywhere. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. you're creating problems because you didn't do it in the right way. And mm-hmm. then that's creating an even more negative effect than where you started. Yeah. I would say first off communication. Mm-hmm. Um, another one for me that I think DTE has done, or at least is still doing a lot mm-hmm. of work on is collaboration. Yes. You know, how many times I know Julie, you and I have both agreed that mm-hmm. often so many departments are, siloed or they feel like, well, I'm HR and you're in finance Mm -hmm. and you're in communications and you're, um, so we're just going to fix and work on our own issues. Yep. Okay. That's great. If we want just everybody to do their own thing and there's Mm -hmm. never a shared ownership. I mean, however, you know, look at the definition of what organizational culture is. You know, Mm -hmm. I actually looked up, I wanted to be sure that I could bring this up. Yes. If you look up the definition of culture Mm -hmm. in the Merriam-Webster dictionary, Mm -hmm. there's several different, you know, options. But when it comes to a company, it's talking about a set of shared values and goals Mm -hmm. and results that create an organization. Mm-hmm. Therefore, if you are that company where there's zero or a very low collaboration, mm-hmm. how do you expect there to be a positive culture? Yeah. I think the most important word in that definition is shared. 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 Oh, yes. If it's not shared. Mm-hmm. Your plane's not getting off that runway. Nope. <laughs> at all. Yep. And that, that speaks true to like, even as I, we talk about agility and business agility and in agile, in the agile ways of working, collaboration is key. That's bringing cross-functional teams, creating cross-functional teams by bringing people from different departments together to create products and services that are going to help make great people and give people great experiences. Doesn't happen in, in, in silos, does not at all. No. No. And then uh, just to wrap it up, I'll say, Mm -hmm. I think the third one would be, it sounds so simple, but it's so easy to not do it. And Mm -hmm. then you feel the impacts of it. Recognition. Yes. You have to recognize your people for the Mm -hmm. good work that they're doing. And when I say good work, it doesn't mean that they have to save your company a million dollars on a project. It doesn't mean they have to do these you know, save a person because they were in a dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about helping a coworker and you seeing someone help a coworker and you say, you know what? That was really kind of you. Yeah. That thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. Or someone following a safety policy that maybe probably took them an extra minute or two. Mm-hmm. but you know that it kept them from getting hurt and potentially harming others, stopping them for a second saying, Hey, I just saw you do that work and you followed every single protocol you were supposed to, and you kept yourself and everyone else around you safe. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And it could be an individual recognition. It could be team recognition. Mm-hmm. I also think the, another point of recognition that really is, something that some companies just miss is find out how that individual likes to receive recognition. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not every single person. I feel like some leaders decide, Hey, I have a monthly staff meeting. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to call people out during that staff meeting. Some people hate that. Yes. Some people want a one. Introverts are not happy about that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> even though you're giving them the recognition mm-hmm. and you're not doing it in the way that they like it, that actually might be making them really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So that's something else that everyone can learn more of is not only give recognition to people, um, but try to learn how they want it 
received. received. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be even more impactful for them because yes. not only did they receive it, but you did it in the way that they like it. Yes, I love that. CCR, communication and collaboration recognition. But I love that last nugget ask people how they want to be recognized. I think that that's very important and shows that you're being people focused, people first focused. So yes, thank you so much for that. This is my last question on people first, and then we're going to move on. So I want you to tell our audience, what are the benefits of creating a people first culture and why it matters now? Another great question. So (laughs) I would say why, why it matters. And I mean, why focus on it, right? Is mm-hmm. I've used this example before with some people and I think it, it kind of gets to the, the meat of it mm-hmm. with a nice analogy is, you know, think about if someone was asking you about your relationship with your spouse, your significant other, right? Mm-hmm. And they were saying, you know, do you guys get along Do you feel like you can talk to them openly? Do you express your true authentic self around them? Or do you feel like you have to kind of guard who you are? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so people kind of think about that. And then I say, okay, now I'm going to ask you the question again. But instead of it being about your spouse or your significant other, I'm asking it about your company. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Do you feel like you can be yourself at work? Mm -hmm. Can you express your opinions at your job without feeling fear of any repercussions or, you know? Um, And I think that answers the question of why culture matters, right? Because if you, if you answered, uh, no, I, I'm not myself at my work. I feel like I put on a mask I'm, I'm a totally different person at home than I am at work. Mm -hmm. To me, that is a major red flag. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you, if -hmm. any employee feels like they need to put on a mask before they come to work and start their day, that culture has problems, right? They need, they need the alarm going off and the the clown car coming in with (laughs) a bunch of HR professionals saying help is on the way. Right. (laughs) Um, but yeah, honestly, it's like, that's my major thing and why I think I'm so passionate in the role that I am right now right. dealing with our culture is, you know, yes, we have won awards and we're very proud of that. Mm-hmm. However, like I said, no workplace is perfect. Um, but that's something that I love doing is still keeping my ear to the ground mm-hmm. and hearing, you know, if any new issues pop up or if something that we thought we already dealt with Um really hasn't been totally handled and it's kind of starting to reignite. Right. Mm -hmm. So I feel like culture is such just a pervasive thing that you feel. Yes. And it's so hard to describe Mm -hmm. until in my eyes, you ask just even those simple questions, like, do you feel like you're, you're authentically you when you're at your job? And I feel like in that moment, it's such a simple, it, it shouldn't take a person more than a second to say, yes, I do. Yes or no, I don't. Yes. And if there's some gray area there and there's hesitation, I would consider that a no. Mm-hmm. Obviously there's some things that they don't feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's not a good spot to be. Mm-hmm. I would not want to be that person. I feel like for me, that's one of the things why I know I'll mm-hmm. be in HR probably for the rest of my career, unless some yeah. other thing comes up and is like, you know what, there's still a way for you to be involved in culture, but this thing over here is also really cool. Yes. Um, it's because I feel like connecting to people and helping them connect with others mm-hmm. is so important. Mm-hmm. But it's also so often overlooked as being an HR thing. Yes. Right? And it definitely is not an HR thing. I talk about that all the time. Culture is not an HR thing. It's an everyone's right. thing. Yep. 
everyone like is involved culture. Absolutely. Shannon, thank you so much for sharing those gems. Really appreciate it on People First yeah. Cultures. So tell us, what are you reading, watching, listening to right now that you think our audience would benefit from or just have fun with? Yeah. So actually, I'm I'm one of those people where uh, I have to be reading multiple things at once because I mm-hmm. like a little variety. So okay. Unfortunately, I'm not one of those people who like opens one book and then gets through it and then starts another one. I kind of start one. (laughs) I want something on a different topic and then I'm over here. Um, So I have three right now that I'm like in the different marks at them. You know, the first one is uh, focused on the energy industry because I feel Mm -hmm. like even as an HR person, I always still want to learn more about kind of the nuts and bolts of the business. Yes. So this one is called The Grid mm-hmm. by Gretchen Bakke. Um, So it's about um, just our grid and kind of how, what the history of that is. And right. what we have what's going to happen in the future, kind of mm-hmm. her predictions on that. Okay. Um, the other one is You're Not Listening by Kate Murphy. Mm. Um, and I love the subtitle, What You're Missing and Why It Matters. Mm. So by not listening, yeah, stuff. Mm-hmm. There are impacts with that, right? Yes. Um, but my newest one that I just started, and I feel like I'm probably going to get through it really quick because it seems to be a really easy one to just keep flipping the page. Uh huh. Is and I love the title. That's what she said. <laughs> by by Joanne Lipman. Mm-hmm. Um. And it, it has kind of more of a DEI or communications focus. Okay. Um, what men and women need to know about working together. So mm. I'm really passionate about, you know, diversity and equity and inclusion. Yeah. And so that one for me is already, already hitting my heart and I love yeah. it. <laughs> okay, cool. That's good. Thank you so much for sharing those. And I yeah. will definitely include them in the links on the comments of this podcast. Awesome. So the last question, what is that one misconception that people have about our profession, HR, that really bothers you that you want to set the record straight on right here, right now? Oh, Julie, I think we've already somewhat covered it. But I think for me, my, my skin starts crawling when people say, you know, oh, HR will handle all the culture stuff. It mm-hmm. it it's their problem to handle, yeah. right? No one else has to have a part in that. Mm-hmm. No. Actual definition in the dictionary talks yes. about it being a shared set of everything, the values, mm-hmm. the goals. So, you know, to, to put it in one box and say only one team of people is going to work on it. Yeah. You're setting yourself up for failure there. And that's why you probably hear a lot of HR people saying, Hey, that's not true. We need your help too. <laughs> and yes. That that creates part of the issues, mm-hmm. you know, in implementing some strategies. If you're coming across departments that have that feeling and saying, yes. "No, it's not our thing. We're focused on these things over here. You do that." Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I let's, so let's right start right. getting that message out more that yeah. it's not just us who work on the culture stuff. It's everybody's Everyone. problem. One, what I really love recently was reading the culture code that was created by HubSpot and it was posted by their CEO. And one of the things that he said that I was very impressed with that was that he felt it was his proudest piece of work, not the all the other stuff that was happening, but that he took time to participate in creating this culture code and that he felt very proud of it and that he believed it wasn't just an HR thing. And I thought that that was really great because I think when leaders believe that and they share that thought, um, that it helps people to understand, especially in the other parts of the organization, hey, we really need to be a part of this. Um, and not just put the onus on HR to create something that really is going to impact all of us. Um, we really should have a say in what that looks and what that feels like. 
Definitely. And so I definitely agree with you there. And um, I would, you know, encourage anyone, if you have never read the HubSpot Culture Code, go find it today and read it. You will, it will blow you away. How people focus they are. Yes. I love yeah. that. And I feel like too, Julie, that's a great point in saying, uh, you know, I, me, you, any other HR professional, we can all be the ones fighting the good fight and saying it's not an HR thing. But you bring up a really good point in saying, how powerful is it when people who are not in HR have that realization and share that story? Yes. You know, powerful. I've, I've had many, many communications, you know, roles and tie-ins to those teams as well. And I often hear communications experts say, people have to hear a message six to seven different times in different ways before they really internalize it. So Mm -hmm. I think for someone to hear it from seven different HR people that HR is not a culture thing might not have as big of an impact as opposed to maybe three HR people and a CEO Mm -hmm. and a a business operations leader in a group that you wouldn't expect. And (laughs) so exactly. I couldn't think about Definitely, definitely. I could not agree with you more. Thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation with me today, Shannon. I really appreciate it. Tell our beautiful people listening in where they can find you on social media because they need to connect with you. Of course. Yeah. So feel free to connect with me. I'm on LinkedIn. I love posting, you know, company pride of things. I also like just doing positive empowerment. As I said, I'm super passionate also around DEI issues. So follow me there. And probably something to watch out for in the future. I have a daughter who literally is a mini me version of myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had her take the strengths finder assessment for children. Mm -hmm. And literally confirmed the fact that she is a mini me. (laughs) However, However, I feel like she has my strengths that I grew into as an adult, as a child. So really, I bring that up that she probably will be running the world very soon and you'll need to start following her. So I'll be sure to let you know where to follow her soon, Julia. Yes. Well. <laughs> oh, great. No worries. That sounds great. Thank you so much, Shannon. Really appreciate it. And we look forward to learning more, hearing more from you in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great time. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us in the sound booth today. I hope that you found the information in this episode really useful. You can follow HR Sound Off on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and also be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks to Anchor FM for helping me put this information together for you and our sponsors, Hire Tool. And I will see you again when we next sound off.